In this episode of Pastor Brad Rocks, I will make you fishes of men if you follow me. Anybody remember that song? That's an old vacation Bible school song, man, that I sang when I was a little kid growing up. It's it's based on Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, where Jesus approaches two dudes who are fishing in the Sea of Galilee, and he says, come follow me, and I will teach you how to fish for people. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What is he asking us to do there, right? This is the heart of being a, a Christ follower, of being a Christian. We're going to learn what it means to follow Jesus today. I'm so fired up about this. Plus, I'm excited because I get to share with you the very first song that I remember ever writing way back in 1984 in a garage uh, little studio in Anderson, Indiana with Ryan Hoskins and Todd Robbins. He was playing drums and Ryan was playing guitar and we banged this thing out, man. And it was called Black Rose way back then. But then I rewrote the words to become I Will Follow and it showed up on my 2004 album Out of the Hell Hole. Gonna rock you up with this tune today. God is in this. I'm here. You're here. I'm ready. You're ready. God's absolutely ready. Let's do this. Pastor Brad here, your 80s heavy metal headbanging, Jesus-loving online pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Hey, wherever you happen to be listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if you can leave a thumbs up or a comment or share this episode with a friend, that would be awesome to help the audience grow. God bless you, man. Thank you in advance so much for that. And now... Let's move on to the point of today's podcast. Come follow me. Those were Jesus's words. Come follow me. Those are Jesus's words today. That's what he wants us to do is to follow him. But what does that mean? What does it mean to follow Jesus? It's the crux of being a disciple. It's it's the heart of being a, a, a Christ follower. That's why we call it being a Christ follower. We're going to break that down. You're going to learn what that means today. And we're going to base it on Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Now, let me set this up. As Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, which was up in northern Israel, he saw these two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, and they were casting their nets into the lake because they were fishermen. And here's what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. This was the core of Jesus' message to his disciples. Come, follow me. Discipleship is all about following Jesus as Lord. Discipling others is all about helping people follow Jesus. Do you get the theme here, right? This is what it's about. Every day we get up and step by step, we walk in his steps, we fix our eyes on him, and we follow Jesus. Bob Martin was one of my very favorite professors at Johnson University where I went to school. He was just in love with Jesus. He, he dripped Jesus. He, he Every conversation that you had with Bob included Jesus. He, he just 
he just loved him, man. And it was so clear, and he was just so inspirational as a professor. One of the things that everybody knew about Bob Martin, if you saw him on campus, you know, walking, you'd say, hey, Bob, how are you doing today? Which is a very common thing we all say, right? And 99% of us say, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, dude, or whatever. But not Bob. And you ask anyone who knew him, they, they would tell you the same thing. Every single time you said, hey, Bob, how you doing today? He would always, always say, rejoicing in the Lord. And it would sound just about like that. He would say it the same way every time. And it was funny. Students would kind of crack up about Bob, how, you know, he would be kind of stoic like that. But uh, man, I'm telling you what, I love that guy. And the older I get, the more I appreciate that reply. Because here is the reality. Some days are easy. Some days are hard. Some days are great. And some days just really stink in a lot of ways, or they feel like they do just because of all the challenges we're facing. But no matter what kind of day you're having, when you're following Jesus step by step, you're, you're with him, your eyes are fixed on him, you have his joy. You are, you are rejoicing in him. I love it, man. That's what Bob was doing. That's why his answer, every time he answered like that, that's what he was reflecting. I'm following Jesus, man. It's all good. So one day in one of his lectures, he was talking about following Jesus. And he said, if you are going to follow Jesus, you have to keep these three things in mind. And I can't wait to, this is awesome, man. I can't wait to share these with you. This is going to bless you. This is going to help you understand exactly what it means to follow Jesus, okay? Number one, Bob said, if you're going to follow Jesus, you can't run ahead of him. Does that just not make so much sense? I mean, that's so basic, but so true. And we have such a hard time with it. You can't run ahead of him, man. You can't, if you run ahead of somebody, you're not following him anymore, okay? Psalm 27, verse 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord, right? Just you, you just rest in Him. You just keep your eyes on Him. You say, look, I, we're so tempted to try to, I want to figure it out. I want to do something. I want to make this better, right? And there is a role for us to play, but we have to walk with the Lord. We have to wait on Him to open the door. We have to wait on Him to provide the strength and the direction for us. So we wait on Him. We keep our eyes on Him. Now, waiting on the Lord kind of makes us think about, you know, sitting and doing nothing, right? But that's not the case at all. When you're waiting on the Lord, you're diving into the word and you're, you're digging into prayer and you're spending time with God because waiting on the Lord is all about getting his direction for that next step so that you can truly follow him, right? Not moving ahead until you get it. Well, if you're living a life of prayer, if you're living a life in the word, it may be just a matter of taking the next step because you're following his lead in that. You've already got his will. You already know the direction he would want you to go. So that's the importance of living in the word and having a good walk with God in prayer each day. But here's a verse that really blesses me on this. Romans chapter 12, verse two, Paul says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't let the culture of this world, the thinking of this world, squeeze you into its mold and shape how you live your life, right? But no, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then he says, you're going to be able to test and approve or you're going to be able to discern what God's will is. In other words, if you will sit at the feet of Jesus, if you will stay plugged into Jesus, who is the vine, if you will fill your heart and mind with his word and walk with him in prayer every day, you will be able to discern his will for your next step. All of this that I'm talking about is what it means to wait on the Lord. Sit at his feet. Rest in him, keeping our eyes on him so that he can then lead us. The good shepherd, remember he says in John 10, my sheep, they follow me. They know my voice. Okay, so so when you, you're, you're tapped into the voice of Jesus through his word and through prayer and you're walking with him, then you're waiting on him and he will lead you each step of the way. 
So waiting on the Lord, if you're going to do it, number one, you, you, you can't run ahead of him. You, you can't just run out there on your own best idea, your strength. No, you walk forward in what he's calling you to do in his direction and in his strength, trusting him. Paul says we live by faith. The righteous, Paul says in Romans chapter one, the righteous will live by faith. We live every step of our life trusting Jesus and obeying him. Number two, if you're gonna follow Jesus, you have to keep your eyes on him. It's sort of like another layer to point one, but, but it's true. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the Hebrew writer says in chapter 12, verse two. We fix our eyes on him. In Colossians, Paul says in chapter three, we set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. We keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the one that we are modeling our life after. Again, not this culture, not this world, but Jesus. Dr. Enyer, my uh, preaching professor at Johnson, man, he told a funny story one time that I just think really illustrates this. He was doing a funeral. We preachers, we tend to do those. And uh, so he was um, right behind the lead car. Now, I don't want to bore you with all the, the details of how funerals go down, but generally the funeral director will either drive the hearse or a lead car um, to, to kind of get out ahead of everybody and make sure that the traffic ahead knows there's a funeral procession coming. So Dr. Inyard's behind this guy, and they're going to the graveside after the service for the burial. And Dr. Inyard said, I, I didn't know where the cemetery was, so uh, I was just going to follow him. Well, we stopped at a red light, and he said, I, I dropped something on the floor, and I bent down, and I was looking for it, and I couldn't find it. And all of a sudden, I looked up, and the lead car was gone. Well, there were like 50 cars behind him. He said, all of a sudden, I realized, oh my goodness, I don't know where I am. I don't know how to get to this place. So what could he do? He said he just took off driving real slow, and everybody followed him, assuming he knew where he was going. He said, I am so thankful to the Lord that I somehow found my way, probably with a few detours. People were in the back were probably going, what is he doing? <laughs> he said, I finally turned into the cemetery and I saw the lead car up there and we finally got there. But his whole point was, dude, don't take your eyes off the lead car. All right. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. Uh, you, you, you look away and you look back and, and I, I tell you, I've done this in my life. I, I've had seasons. I'm just, you know, just being honest. Sometimes something comes along in life and you get distracted and uh, the next thing you know, your, your brain is going down a rabbit trail that is not good. And you're like, where did Jesus go? Because I just got my eyes all on the, on the world and now I'm lost. Um, yeah, don't do that, man. Don't run ahead of him. You got to keep your eyes on him. And number three, if you're going to follow Jesus, you got to go where he leads. You got to go where he leads. That's just, just what following is about. Following isn't about sitting still. Following is about going where the leader goes. When I was a kid, we used to play follow the leader. Did you ever play that? Okay, we'd get on our bicycles. I happen to be blessed. I grew up in an awesome neighborhood where we could just ride our bikes all over the place without any struggles, no traffic. It was just awesome. So anyway, we'd all get on our bikes and we'd ride around the neighborhood and we'd pick somebody to be the leader. In the fall, when we, we would burn our leaves, okay, everybody would rake them out to the edge of the yard, up to, out to the street, and we, they'd, they'd burn their leaves. And uh, we'd love to find a pile of leaves on fire because we like to ride through it. It was, it was crazy. We were just kids. But anyway, you'd get behind the lead bike and he'd ride through that pile of leaves and you have to ride through that pile of leaves and it was kind of scary and cool and you'd go up around that rock and then you'd have to go up around that rock anyway the whole point is wherever the leader goes that's where you go because that's what follow the leader is all about so when jesus says follow me he's saying well, look, 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 don't run ahead of me keep your eyes on me 
and go where I go. Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord? That's another way of saying, why do you call me the leader? And do not do what I say. Sometimes he leads us into difficult places. Sometimes he leads us to go to somebody and, and eat what I call crow. All right, you, you have to humble yourself and say, I'm sorry, man, I, I was wrong there. We gotta swallow our pride and, and ask for forgiveness sometimes. Or or he leads us uh, to, to, to step up and try a new challenge that we're afraid of, we're not sure we can do, but we know the Lord is leading us to step into that. Maybe it's a ministry at church we've never done and we're gonna try something for him. Uh, or I don't know, it could be any number of things. The point is, if he leads you to it, he will lead you through it. If he calls you to it, he'll give you the grace you need to do it, okay? Truly he will. So, if you're going to follow Jesus, what do you do? All right, you wait on him. You don't run ahead of him. You fix your eyes on him and you keep your eyes on him. And you go where he leads. I want to wrap this section up by reading Psalm 23 and just kind of commenting on it because Psalm 23 is the shepherd's psalm. It's the psalm that talks about how God is our shepherd. He's the one who leads us. And it talks about where he leads us and how he leads us. Listen to this. The Lord, he is my shepherd. He's my leader, right? I lack nothing. What he means by that is anything I need. Wherever he leads me, he will provide it. That's the shepherd's job, to provide for the sheep wherever he leads them. He goes on, he says, now he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now that might not mean anything to you. You might be like, dude, I don't want to lay down in a field. But from a shepherd's perspective, he's talking about us being a sheep here. Sheep love green pastures, right? They don't want an old blacktop, rocky parking lot. They want a green pasture. That's what sheep love. So he says, the Lord leads me to places that are good for me, man. He leads me to green pastures where I can graze and where I can and, and I can enjoy it, right? Uh, he um, leads me beside quiet waters. Here's what the Bible means by that, man. Sheep don't like rapids. They can't drink out of rapids. They need quiet waters. They need still waters where they can just chill and drink. So, so David says, look, the Lord leads us. He provides for us. He gives us everything we need. He refreshes my soul. So when I get all stirred up inside and I get all stressed out, man, God who created my soul, he knows how to renew it, how to refresh it, how to restore it. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. So no matter where I'm walking, if my eyes are on Jesus, I know I am walking in the right path. And I know that God is doing this because I'm his child. I wear his name. And so wherever he leads me, he's like, look, dude, my, my name's on the line here. My faithfulness is going to come through. I will be there with you. I will lead you in the right paths. I will lead you down paths that will grow you up and make you stronger in me and teach you uh, who I want you to be and shape you into the character of your Savior, Jesus. And you got to remember something my grandma said all the time. Life is school. And we're just learning how to walk with the Lord here. Death is graduation day. So sometimes we go through things and they're hard. But the purpose might just be that God's trying to develop character. He's trying to teach you how to trust him through difficult times, right? So for his name's sake, he will always lead you down the right paths. And you can trust that if you've kept your eyes on him, right? If you get off and do it on your own, well, that, that's on you. That's a whole different ballgame. But you can always come back to it. And he'll restore your soul, which is the great part, the great news of the gospel. But anyway, he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, the old translations say the, the, the valley of the shadow of death. 
but I love the the updated. It, it just kind of captures. It's bigger than just death. It's 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 the darkest valleys of life. Even when I walk through the most difficult times in life, I will fear no evil, because you are with me. I love it. God is with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, those are the tools of the shepherd. Again, you got to kind of get into a shepherd or a sheep's head here. The sheep always heard the shepherd was there with his his staff, and he'd hear him walking with it, and he knew he had that staff, and he would use that staff to, to ward off predators. You know, to protect the sheep. He would use that to, to break up the sheep when they got into a fight. He'd stick that staff in there. Oh, 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 oh. If a sheep fell in a in a ditch, that's what the crook on the top of the staff was about. He could get it underneath him and pull him up out of there. The shepherd was always there with his staff to guide and to direct the sheep. You prepare a table before me, he goes on, in the presence of my enemies. I love it. In biblical terms, to prepare a table is, a, is an invitation to sweet, close fellowship. When you eat with someone in the Bible, it's a, it's, a, it's a time of communion, a time of being together. And so he says, look, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, right in the midst of, of the things that are the biggest challenges for me. Maybe they're enemies in my heart or my mind or my, my emotions or things I'm afraid of or literal enemies or whatever. But the Lord says, hey, in those times that you're, you're afraid or tempted to be afraid, I'm inviting you to walk really close with me, man. I'm invi- those are the times I'm going to be the closest to you. He says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Those are both just symbols of God's blessing and favor and goodness. You pour it out on me, man. Surely, goodness and love are going to follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Friends, your Savior, the one who you fix your eyes on, the one who you wait on, the one you trust in, the one you follow wherever he leads, he's going to lead you into good places. He's going to lead you down right paths. When you go down difficult, dark, hard, rocky paths, he's going to be right there with you close. He's going to provide you with everything you need to go through anything he calls you to walk through. Awesome. Trust him, man. Fantastic. Now, let me tell you about this song, I Will Follow. This song has quite a history to it. It's the first song I remember ever writing, certainly the one that I ever put together with another group of musicians. It was me. I had my telly and a a PV. I think it was like a classic is what it was called, 60-watt amp. Ryan had this beautiful Gibson anniversary edition of of a Gibson Les Paul. It was amazing. Then he had a little PV combo amp as well. Todd had found this Ludwig drum kit somewhere used, and he had... Todd, man, dude, he had a lot of talent. He was really a good drummer. Um, I mean, especially for just as raw as he was. So anyway, we're sitting out there. We're just banging it out, man. We're just making noise. High school kids do know a few chords, right? And all of a sudden, I started doing this little thing on the high E string. This and uh, and I thought yeah, it'd be cool to, to throw in these chords over that. You'll hear it. So we started putting this thing together, and and next thing you know, we had this song, and we called it Black Rose because that's what we called ourselves as a band, and that was our first song. And so, man, we played that tar out of this thing. Three years later, in 1987, I surrendered 
surrendered my heart to Christ and everything changed. And in 89, I hooked up with Mike Davis and a few other guys and we were we created a Christian band called Blueprint. And uh, Mike Davis took this song and he and I together, we reworked the, the lyrics and it became I Will Follow. And we there's a recording of it somewhere, man, on a tape in a drawer. I would love to find that tape and share it with you someday. But anyway, we recorded that using an old Fostex four track, man, back in the day. But uh, but anyway, that's how it became I Will Follow. And then it just kind of laid dormant because I didn't have a band or anything. I got into ministry. I got married, all kinds of things. And uh, in the early 2000s, when the Lord kind of put this on my heart to build a studio and to build the, the website and start doing this, I thought, man, I need to pull that song back out. So I did. I didn't have the uh, version that Mike and I had done. So from the best of my memory, I put together the lyrics, reconstructed them, and uh, tried to tried to follow the melody the best I could remember. I'm sure it evolved a little bit, and it became this version that's on Out of the Hellhole. I love this song. It's near and dear to my heart. It talks about following Jesus, just exactly what we've been talking about. I'm super stoked to share it with you. I hope it rocks you up, man. God bless you. Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Here it is. I will follow.
All right. Hey, man, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it, and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metalheads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how you're just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry. And also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support. The link to my Patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes. So head over there, check it out, learn about it, pray about it. And whatever you decide, man, God bless you. And thanks for being part of the Pastor Brad Rocks family, man. Remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things that helps the show to grow. Really appreciate it. Stop by PastorBradRocks.net sometime. Over there, you can learn all about the ministry of the music. It's some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make, promise bar none. You can learn about that over at PastorBradRocks.net as well, or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at PastorBrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad, out.